Welcome to the Security Sessions podcast, brought to you by Talist and hosted by me, Nera Jones. In this podcast series, we'll be discussing the technologies, people, and processes behind information security and delving into topics like data security, remote access, and digital transformation. We'll be speaking to Talis and industry experts to bring you fresh perspectives on how to navigate the world of cloud security. Today, part two of episode seven looks at more digital, more cloud, to trust or not to trust. In part one, we looked at uh, the challenges associated with the complexity of moving to the cloud. It's my pleasure to welcome back Chris Harris, EMEA Technical Director at Thales, and Vaughn Stewart, VP Technology Alliance Partners at Pure Storage. So many of my clients uh, are concerned about this kind of lift and shift of security vulnerabilities during the transition to, to the cloud. So let's talk a bit about that. So what practical steps can they take to, to mitigate this, Chris? Well, I... I definitely think it's a valid concern, you know, as we've we've spoken about the assumption that the cloud comes with security is uh, something that you need to think carefully about. You know, you really kind of need to peel back the layers to to see what that means. Um, and certainly I agree, Nira, if, if you put something insecure into the cloud, then the likelihood is it's going to stay insecure um, or, or worse, I suppose, you know, it may even become less secure because it doesn't have the protection of your your kind of data center around it. I I think to answer your question, you know, if we, if we go back a few years, the industry kind of saw this big cloud shift coming towards them. And there was a, a little bit of a tendency to, to print a pile of, you know, shiny stickers that said cloud ready and stick them on whatever solution it, it was that they were selling right now, you know, for on-prem use. And I think... The reality is that security designed for for on-prem use, you know, makes some assumptions that that aren't necessarily valid in the cloud. And organizations really need to begin by looking at solutions which are engineered for the cloud to help close some of those gaps, which which could otherwise either exist or kind of open up. Um, I, I suppose as an organization, you've got to ask yourself, how you're approaching the move to the cloud. You know, is it a move without changing the architecture? Because that's probably not ideal. Um, it might might even be a mistake, to be honest. Um, are you going to modify code? You know, are you going to rebuild your workflows from scratch for this, for this new environment and this new way of working? Each of these options has got a cost and, you know, with it, it's got functionality and, and complexity concerns. Um, but but clearly, yeah, whether you're in the cloud or not, you need to make sure you've got policies focused on, you know, good patching, maintenance of the software in your stack, that you've spent uh, time figuring out access control to the, to the two-factor point, which which becomes even more critical, really, in an open environment where you've got, you know, multiple administrators and users. Uh, you're probably connecting to partners or partner services um, or, or making use of other shared services. And then really, you know, you need to look at how you're going to deploy security in a in a consistent manner across the entire environment and, and not just what you might perceive as the important bit. 
Thank you, Chris. So uh, interestingly, the, the recent um, TALIS 2020 DTR global report states that 46% of data is stored in the cloud and that 43% is sensitive. So, and we all know all the risks that are associated with that. So, so uh, Vaughan, perhaps, what would be your recommendations for companies that need to secure their data right now? So is encryption always the answer? I don't think encryption's always the answer, but I think it's it's the fundamental starting block. And there's a lot of considerations that need to be reviewed before before implementing. And um, allow me to elaborate. There are trade-offs with encrypt everything mindset, and we've had a lot of customer conversations around this of late. Um, this starts with uh, the definition of, of encrypt everything. Right. From infrastructure providers, we tend to look at things like data at rest encryption, meaning the data from the application is still kind of in plain text. And so if someone can get to the storage device or on the application themselves, they can read the application data. Right. This is more of, of uh, data at rest from an infrastructure perspective. It's more kind of what I referred to previously around you know, theft or direct access to physical um, I think going up into the stack and saying we're going to look at volume-based encryption or application-based encryption um, uh, really has a significant uh, set of considerations that have to be looked at. Um, application owners tend to like application encryption. They control it. They can enable it. They can set the, the, the amount of, of functionality that they want. But from an organization perspective, uh, reporting, management, um, ensuring that we've got a consistent set of security policies across a diverse set of applications, right? That can be a trade-off on the app level. By contrast, if I go with like volume-based level, um, I get nice uniformity, consistency, reporting, uh, but I may lose maybe app-specific features of security that, that an application owner uh, may desire or that the business may um, see as critical to a particular uh, uh, service that needs to be run. Regardless of which path a customer may go down on an encrypt everything model, uh, and some of those trade-offs right now, I'm not even talking about key management, having multiples versus a, you know, uh, or application-based key managements versus a, you know, a, a global shared uh, key manager. There's trade-offs in the infrastructure cost, which when you look at every modern storage platform, there's a form of, of, of uh, cost savings in those, those platforms through data reduction technologies. And when you encrypt your data, you lose the ability to, to have data reduction technologies because you're eliminating the patterns that of ones and zeros that may be seen by a storage device. And so you can have this increase in storage capacity required once you encrypt a, uh, an application. That could be three, four, five-fold increase in the capacity requirements. This also then has a downstream effect on if I've got disaster recovery and those costs, what are my network uh, bandwidth requirements? And, and does the network bandwidth also increase? Does that infect me, uh, you know, impact my cost if I'm doing disaster recovery, if I've got an ingress or an egress charge, right? So um, these, no, the, these plans of encrypt everything are pervasive in, in their nature and need to be looked at uh, in terms of assembling a plan that you, uh, an organization can scale out with success and be able to control costs and get repeatable, predictable outcomes. 
Thank you, Vaughan. Uh, indeed, there are many, many options available to, to organization. And perhaps uh, one of the biggest challenges that uh, companies face when it comes to security uh, in the cloud is, uh, is complexity because there are so many options and it's so easy, uh, as you mentioned before, to adopt many services uh, very rapidly. So what strategies can uh, IT and security professionals take to tackle this complexity, Chris? Well, I completely agree. You know, all too often the, the simple things are complex. And if you think about it, organizations are, are geographically dispersed. You know, the, the data's everywhere. And now the perimeter is, it's so large with the cloud, you, you just can't protect it. And so instead, they have to have a focus on protecting the data that we've spoken about. And, and kind of back to your previous question, you know, I, I work for an encryption company and you asked, is encryption always the answer? And even I'd say no, it's it's more about an organization knowing what's right for itself and its data. And, and that really should begin by locating your sensitive data. When when an organization looks through what, what information it's got, you know, that's probably going to range from fairly innocent data, which which you don't want people to see. Um, but but isn't really that critical in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and, and maybe strong access controls are something that would be enough to protect that. But as you go further down the list, you know, you're going to hit the customer data, the the credit card information, the critical business data, the, the intellectual property and so on. And that that needs stronger controls. And usually that that is uh, a form of encryption um, and protection and uh, and often multi-layer. In the data threat report, the, the report that that Tyler's ran. One of the questions was about organizations and their multiple use of uh, their use of multiple clouds, and it was a figure that was, uh, if I remember, it was in excess of ninety five percent that consumes uh, two or more software as a service offerings, and it was it was something like more than eighty percent who were using two or more uh, platform or infrastructure as a service providers, and that in itself, you know, this use of of multiple clouds is is obviously going to add complexity for organizations because each cloud provider's got completely proprietary key management or key vault solutions, um, which the administrators need to need to get used to and control. And, and that makes life more difficult. Um, you know, in that same data threat report, I, I did a webinar on it, so I, I read it in some detail. Um, one of the other questions was about barriers to implementing data security, and complexity came out by far as as the largest issue. Um, the, the terminology isn't the same across clouds. The interfaces are, are wildly different. The the steps, the the APIs, the automation that you'd put in place, it's all completely different. And so, we're seeing a growing interest in being able to to leverage centralized orchestration and security solutions, you know, maybe a single pane of glass to to some of these various interfaces. So you can control your data security across multiple platform, uh, multiple platforms, multiple cloud vendors. Uh, and if you can get to that stage, then it's going to lead to tighter control, better monitoring, better implementation, uh, just because the complexity is being reduced. You, you're looking at a simpler solution. Hey, I'd like to jump in here real quick, if, if I if I may, um, and follow up with, with some of Chris's comments. Um, uh, I also think that, and agree with Chris from a perspective of most customers are talking about encrypting their most secure 
information today, whether that's IP or credit card transactions or personal uh, records, uh, like medical records, for example. But I also think we, we need to be cognizant that we are moving towards an encrypt everything world. Uh, even you know, innocuous data uh, can really cause significant um, security breaches. I mean, um, I do think we are moving towards a model where uh, it, it is encrypt everything, but we got to figure out models that, that scale and are uh, operate within the, the budgets that we have today for storing data. Thank you both. And uh, I, I always like to say when looking at these things, uh, it's about knowing your, your data. So thank you, Chris and Vaughn, for reminding us of the uh, importance of data classification. So knowing your data, knowing your purpose and knowing your risk and then act accordingly with any uh, strategy, including uh, cloud deployment. You're listening to episode seven of the Thales Security Sessions podcast. More digital, more cloud to trust or not to trust. In the news this week, Forrester produced a report identifying the top five threats that could hobble pandemic recovery. And this includes identity theft, account takeover over and bot attacks. In addition, the World Economic Forum also produced a report highlighting the four principles for securing the digital identity ecosystem. What both those reports had in common is that authentication and behavioral analytics are key. Also this week, the Mangadex manga sites was forced to shut down temporarily after a cyber attack through reuse of admin sessions token. Their source code was stolen. Now, that's not really good practice. And now back to the podcast. Uh, there's another aspect that I would like to explore, which is the, the regulatory aspect. So uh, we've seen many data privacy and data protection regulation coming, uh, coming to the fore right now, a couple more in the United States in the last week or so. So what kind of regulatory impact needs to be considered immediately, looking at the global uh, regulatory landscape and also including, but not limited to, uh, issues around data localization. So Chris, perhaps. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, there are regulations that organizations need to consider when, when processing data. And, you know, some of these are complicated by the fact that when you're using the cloud, you're not always certain where your data resides or where the backups are kept, you know, what controls are in place and and even how your data transits between various compo uh, components of the cloud infrastructure. Um, you know, but going back to my earlier point, you know, in many cases, a concept that encryption shifts a risk from, from data to the key is a useful one when you're looking at meeting uh, regulatory mandates because, you're going to have far less keys to control and you're better able to protect those and than trying to wrap your arms around the data. But it's, you know, really, really important for people to understand the difference between getting a tick in the box that they're compliant with, you know, GDPR or whatever regulation you're, you're looking at and something that's actually applying useful protection across your whole environment because that, that tick isn't the sign that you've finished. You know, that tick is really just validation that you've you've started on that journey um i i think another point as well um that is often not very well understood 
is that when things go wrong, organizations need to be really clear about the shared responsibilities that they've got when using a cloud service. You know, when you move to a cloud, whether it's infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, software as a service, or really anything in between, you never give up responsibility for your data. If, if something goes wrong, it's going to be your organization that, that people are coming after and your organization that's going to be paying the fines, you know, not the cloud provider. They're, they're usually bigger and badder than you. Uh, and if you try and point the finger at them, they, you know, it's, it's a fight you're unlikely to win. You know, really, when it comes down to it, it's, it's your data, it's your responsibility as, as the owner um, of that information. And, and it's your job to protect it. And, and usually that would mean going, you know, beyond the minimal level of protection uh, mandated by, by the various regulations. Um, data localization is, is as well, you know, uh, a big deal, as you mentioned. And, you know, that's, that's speaking about how, you know, a nation's uh, citizens or residents' data um, should be collected and processed and, and stored within their own jurisdiction. Um, and, and if it's transferred, it shouldn't be uh, in a format that's readable or usable by, by these outside countries. And, and you know, we've, we all know, you know, we could probably list five or ten regulations which, which are around this, you know, including GDPR that I mentioned and, you know, the Schrems 2 ruling. Uh, and yeah, it, it makes things difficult for organizations. You know, they, they've only got a few choices that, that, it, that they face. You know, they can, they can stop activities which involve the transfer of that uh, data internationally. Uh, and certainly various cloud providers have started to provide more control around, um, you know, where data travels if you use certain geographic service locations uh, and even, you know, guarantees to, to some degree. Um, but you know, depending on, on your particular business, you know, that's probably going to be very expensive and it's probably going to be quite disruptive. Um, I, I suppose another option is to do nothing, you know, continue operating as usual and just kind of ignore it, which is probably good for the business activity, but it's uh, probably a short-term thing. You know, you're going to be facing uh, some some disagreements, to probably put it mildly, and, and probably potential fines down down the line. Uh, or, or you could put in the the technical measures, you know, encryption and, and so forth, um, probably together with some contractual uh, measures with the aim of, you know, complying with these regulations and, and limiting your liability as an organization. Um, I, I, I think, you know, my view is what we'll actually see happen is uh, with many of these laws, which are, are country specific, particularly, you know, the, the larger countries, the world's not going to want to uh, see a country lower its standards of protection, and it might actually even push up the standards and protections of of other nations to meet yours, if uh, if that makes sense. Which might might simplify uh, simplify some of these issues. Um, but for sure, you know, uh, as as Vaughan's been saying, you know, uh, the idea of uh, encrypting all the information, no matter how secure it is. Uh, making your data unreadable, you know, through encryption or tokenization or data masking uh, is going to have a big part to play in solutions which are going to uh, meet these regulations as they, as they develop in the years ahead. Uh, I agree with a lot of what Chris said, going back to the comment around the shared responsibility model of the cloud. Um, the shared responsibility model that you see within the prov cloud providers is one that says they've ensured that their infrastructure is secure 
you own the responsibility to ensure your applications and data are secured. And so while there's a shared responsibility, there is no shared liability. Um, and so what we're actually witnessing is while cloud adoption continues to grow, part of that adoption is also in um, uh, adoption where data sovereignty is being considered. And so we're seeing a lot of uh, adoption around the data resides in the data center or in a, in a co-load facility, say like an Equinix facility as an example. And then through the means of like direct connect, um, it's connected back to the cloud or the advancement of cloud uh, uh, product offerings uh, like AWS outposts with pure storage that are available to be deployed on-prem. Right? These are two, two examples of where cloud is extending to address um, some of the compliance or regulatory challenges, or maybe even customers that want to ensure that they can own the liability portion of the uh, you know, of the shared responsibility model within the cloud by ensuring that they're, they know where their data resides, that they aren't breaking uh, country-based uh, laws around location. And so we're seeing a big growth in, in that area. Um, that is really, particularly in the last 18 months, we've seen a tremendous drive in that space. Thank you, Vaughn. And, and Chris, I'm afraid uh, we're reaching the end of our podcast. It was a fascinating discussion. We, can, we could continue for much, much longer. Before I let you go, guys, I would like to ask you one last question. And that is, what one tip could you leave to our audience right now, Chris? I, I suppose I'd want to reinforce a message that, that companies need to do their due diligence. You know, they shouldn't assume that the cloud offers the same protection as a traditional data center. And they, they shouldn't be too complacent about the assurance that, you know, regulatory check marks uh, are bringing them. You know, make sure you've got your data discovered, classified, and, and that's going to help you be confident that you're placing the correct controls around it. Thank you, Chris. And Vaughn, your one last tip? I would think organizations need to ensure that their CISO teams are taking a uh, cross-organizational uh, review so that the developers and the IT teams are meeting with the security and compliance organizations. Um, I think the uh, we're seeing too many examples today of, of rogue uh, development teams, you know, moving, trying to uh, advance their development uh, through the rapid access to services in the cloud. Uh, but this opens up uh, challenges to trying to ensure that the organizational security and compliance practices are put in place. So I, uh, I also think that IT and infrastructure folks tend to speak a different language than developers. And they're going to need the CISO organization to bridge that gap and get both both organizations on the same page. Thank you, Chris and Vaughn, for being such fabulous guests. I'm afraid that's all we have time for. You have been listening to the Talent Security Sessions podcast, episode seven, more digital, more cloud, to trust or not to trust. And it was hosted by me, Nera Jones. Until next time. Love this episode of the Talus Security Sessions podcast? Search us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast service to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to visit us at cpl.talusgroup.com to access previous episodes, bringing you insights from industry experts on the latest cloud and data security news and trends. Thank you for listening.